Well, we're beginning today during this Easter season, a series on eternity. In this Easter season, we celebrate the fact that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and that he rose from the dead to offer you eternal life. Eternity is a long time and we've talked about that. I love that passage. Uh, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. After 10,000 years, that's just going to be an inkling of getting started. It should boggle the mind as we talked about it last week. It is amazing, isn't it? But because he did that, we have a choice. We don't have to go to hell. I was talking with my uh, uh, first cousin Easter afternoon. We had a lot of the family over for, for lunch and uh, we were sitting there and he just brought up the fact that uh, we don't we don't have a choice. And I said and we were talking. He was going he was reflecting on his mortality, actually, because we had a first cousin that died just recently. And he said, you know, we, we, we don't have a choice. And I said, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm going to be preaching about this next Sunday. We actually have two choices. And he said, no, no, no. We just have one choice. And uh, I said, he, and then he went ahead and he expounded. He said, I said, what well, I said, no, you have a choice. You can choose to go to heaven or you can choose to go to hell. He said, he just laughed, said, no, that's just one choice. Nobody wants to choose to go to hell. And uh, he was right. But there are, you choose, you choose either heaven or hell. You have a choice. Before Jesus died uh, and, and was resurrected, we did not have a choice. We, we were, as we just heard in the passages that we read, we were uh, just lost. But now we have a choice. And uh, that's what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, because he did that, we have a choice. Now then, where you spend eternity is a choice. But also, how you spend eternity is a choice. You can choose to spend eternity in heaven or hell. You can choose also uh, at what level and all uh, you're going to uh, live in heaven or in hell. You have choices and people don't realize the choices that they have. And so uh, we're saved by grace through faith. We just read that and that is true. But you remember that there's still a whole lot of scriptures on being judged for our works in the Bible. And uh, what I want to talk to you about is the fact that these two go together. Many believers think, well, once you get saved, your works aren't judged anymore. But that's not what the Bible says. That's wrong. Please hear me. Your works are still going to be judged. 
You may not have noticed this before, and this is why a lot of people are confused about this, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about this this morning. Uh, I heard a great message by, uh, uh, by Pastor Robert Morris a few weeks back and uh, that went over this, and I thought, and Sharon pointed it out to me. There's so many people that are confused about this. And uh, the thing is, please hear me. Your works are still judged, but you're not saved by your works. You're saved by grace through faith. But uh, you see, and this is just it. People do things here just like they do everywhere else in the Bible. You don't get to pick and choose what you're uh, going to believe in the Bible. It's not your privilege. It's not like uh, this is some sort of a multiple choice thing. It's not. It's a manual for life. It's God's word to us. There's no debating it. We can debate with each other and we can share our opinions all we want. But the Bible is not a supermarket where you go and pick and choose. I want some of this. I want some of that. But I don't want any of that judgment. I want to just throw hell out of here. You know, you don't get to pick and choose. It's one cohesive and coherent statement to us about our lives and us and that the Lord has created us. We are his workmanship. He has good things for us to be involved in. And so uh, you don't get to pick and choose what you're going to believe in the Bible. What you can do is try to understand and until you get out of this mindset of, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to believe this or I'm going to believe that or I don't want to believe this or I don't want to believe that. Uh, until you get out of that mindset and understand that this is God's word to you and that it's not a matter of picking and choosing. It's a matter of understanding. It's only when you get to that point that the Bible will even begin to make sense and become coherent because you're going to be going to it incoherently to begin with. And so, uh, but, but it all goes together. And so what I want to do today is to show you how these two, grace and works, go together in the Bible. Uh, first, in order to understand, uh, if you're going to understand this, you're going to have to understand two words. And those words are belief and behavior. Belief and behavior. Now, your belief determines where you're going to spend eternity. Your behavior determines how you're going to spend eternity. Now, I want to show you today that there are degrees of punishment in hell for unbelievers because God is a just God and he's going to judge righteously. And there are degrees or levels or responsibility of rewards in heaven for believers. And so uh, uh, there's so many stories about that. I'll just share one with you about a taxi driver and a, a, 
a minister wound up uh, dying and going to heaven and uh, they got there and St. Peter checked them in and put them on a van and headed them out to their uh, place uh, that they'd been prepared for them. And first of all, he dropped off the uh, taxi driver. And my gosh, the taxi driver's home was palatial. Had a Lamborghini parked out front. It was really amazing, uh, this place that, uh, that was there for the, the taxi driver. And uh, this just boggled the preacher's mind because he thought, oh man, this is just a taxi driver and this is what his heavenly home is like. What am I going to have waiting for me? And so they drove on out of town and into the suburbs and the preacher just got more and more anxious about where, what he was going to wind up with. And then they drove up into the hills and then they drove up into the mountains and finally they came to a stop at a rocky little place on the side of a mountain. And it was just a little raggedy shack with a bicycle laying up against the side of it. And the preacher couldn't believe it. And he said, what, what is going on here? I, I, I gave my, I, 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 the, serving the Lord was my profession. I did all this stuff. And he said, and the driver said, well, sir, you just don't understand. While you prayed and you preached, people slept. When that guy dropped off first, drove, people prayed like all get out. <laughs> now then, the thing about this is that it's not, that's not the way it works. Exactly. Whenever you, these jokes, St. Peter's not going to be there to check you in. All these things show you go up to the pearly gates. That's not the way it's going to work. That's not the way it's going to work. The one who is going to determine your reward is not going to be Peter. The one who's going to determine your reward is going to be Jesus Christ. And, uh, but there's still truth in this story because, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, there's another story that goes along where, uh, about this guy that wound up, he was very rich and he wound up going to heaven and he was just given a shack. And, uh, the, uh, the, the, the rich man said, what's this? And he said, well, with what you sent up here beforehand, this is the best we could do, man. And uh, so the thing is, we store up, we do store up treasure. Jesus has told us to store up treasure in heaven. He's told us to do that. He, and so, I mean, you could almost take it as a command. And we need to understand how we store up treasure in heaven. And the fact that not everybody's going to be exactly the same. Uh, and so now we're going to get on to, we're talking about belief and behavior. And uh, your belief, as I said, determines where you're going to spend eternity. Your behavior, how, at what level you're going to spend eternity. And there are degrees. And so if you remember, Jesus said to one, he shall say, you be ruler over five cities. And to another said, you, I want you to be a ruler over 10 cities. And so there are levels 
of responsibility in heaven dependent on how you lived uh, here on earth. How much responsibility you take on earth will will, uh, depend and be dependent upon the responsibility that he gives you in heaven. But I want to establish this whole thing of grace and works and how these two go together. Every person, unbelievers and believers, will be judged by their works. And I'm going to show you the Bible just tells you this straight out. Every person, but your salvation is by grace alone. Your belief determines where you spend eternity. Your, uh, uh, anyway, your belief, I'll just leave it at that for right now. Your belief determines where you'll spend eternity. As we read earlier today, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. See, it's not works. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I like that. Not of yourselves. You know, you responded to God in faith, but it's grace. It was even grace that brought you to the point where you knew that you needed to respond. It says it is the gift of God. And it says it's a free gift and it's free to you because it's been paid for. Whenever you receive a gift be it a birthday present or whatever, a Christmas present, whatever, it's free to you and you should receive it joyfully, shouldn't you? But somebody paid for it, didn't they? Even if they made it for you, they paid for the materials that went into it. And so somebody always pays for free gifts. Have you ever thought about that? And so we know who paid for your free gift. Jesus paid a tremendous price for your free gift. To you, it's free. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We can't brag about our salvation. There's going to be no one in heaven going, oh yeah, man, I did this and this, and that's why I got to go to heaven. That's not why you got to go to heaven. So there's lots of scripture about this. Just a few. Ecclesiastes uh, 12, 14. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Every work is going to be brought into judgment. Revelation 20, 13. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades were delivered, uh, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each according to his works. First Peter one seventeen. Now this is where it really gets qualifying. And if you call on the Father, who calls on the Father? Unbelievers? No, it's believers who call on the Father. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work. So here are believers being judged by our Heavenly Father according to their work. Conduct yourselves 
throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Not in fear of missing heaven, but in fear of missing any rewards or any responsibility. For the Son of Man, and this is from Matthew, this is Jesus talking. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each. Doesn't that include you? He will reward each according to his works. And then Jesus again, uh, this is getting closer and closer. Jesus says, and behold, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. So what I'm telling you is that the Bible has made it clear it matters how you live. It matters. Now, let me say it again. Your belief determines where you're going to spend eternity. Your behavior determines how you're going to spend eternity. Now, all of us, if we're honest, will have to admit that we're, we're not perfect. We don't have perfect behavior. We're still works in progress. So uh, don't worry about being perfect. Just worry about being his, okay? Uh, we all still make mistakes. And we talked this morning with the, the youngins about what we're supposed to do when we make mistakes. So don't get too hung up on perfect behavior because you're never going to get there in this life. That's not what you should be concentrating on. But understand this, your belief determines your behavior, your behavior. Remember, Jesus made it very clear. It is out of the heart. It's from the heart that come forth evil things and good things. It's the condition of the heart. This is what has to be worked on. Uh, Now, there are people who say they believe in Jesus, but they've never, ever lived for him. Now, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. If that's you, I don't think you really believe. I don't think you've really come uh, close to understanding what the Christian faith is really all about. I really don't believe because when you believe, the Bible says that God gives you a new heart and you have a desire to turn from sin. We've all learned from experience that even though, and even Paul said, you know, I do the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things I want to do. Paul was still struggling with this. We're all going to struggle with this, but you have a desire to turn from sin and to turn to God. You have a desire to follow God. And it's not that you want to do those things. I'm not saying you're never going to stumble, but you don't want to. You want to go a different way. And if you still want to do those things that you know are wrong, something's very wrong. Your heart hasn't been changed. One time a man said, Pastor, I believe in tithing. I just don't do it. Well, the pastor decided that he would turned this logic back upon him. And he said, well, you know, I really understand. 
I know exactly what you're talking about because you see, I believe in bathing. I just don't do it. Now, the pastor did bathe. He was just joking about it and because it was just so ridiculous. Because you see, if you believe something, you're going to do it. So if you really believe that if you tithe, that God's going to open the windows of heaven on your family and uh, on you and is going to rebuke the devourer for, for your sake, then you're just going to do it. You're going to do it. But if you don't do it, it's because you don't believe what the Bible says. It's that clear. And I tell you, I struggled against tithing for a long time. And whenever I finally decided I need to do what God told me to do, I had all sorts of excuses. When I started doing it, the Lord just opened the windows of heaven. It's been just amazing since then. You see, our belief determines what we're going to do. Our belief determines our behavior. So now I want to show you that there is a believer's judgment and an unbeliever's judgment. Many people don't realize uh, that there are two judgments. This is where they get really confused. You see, it's already determined whether you're going to go to heaven or hell. That's determined by your belief. At the unbeliever's judgment, everybody's an unbeliever. And at, uh, as a believer, your works are going to be judged and as an unbeliever, your works will be judged. So the judgment seat of Christ is the believer's judgment. The judgment seat of Christ. There will be no unbelievers there at the judgment seat of Christ. They missed the cut. They gone. Only believers are going to be there at the judgment seat of Christ. And this is the believer's judgment. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, it says, For we must all... Now understand, he's talking to believers. Paul is talking to the Corinthians. And some of them are messing up, but they're still believers. And so he's talking to a church. He's talking to believers. So he's talking to you and me. For we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So this judgment being meted out on believers. But, and then Romans 14, 10. But why do you judge your brother? He's talking again to believers. Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand... Does that include you? Does all include you? It does. Whether you want it to or not, it does. So, uh, so for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We're all going to stand there. So you need to understand belief and behavior. We're going to all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and be judged by our works as believers. But then there's also the great white throne judgment. And the great white throne judgment, you're not going to be there. So whenever you see this, understand, you're not going to be at the great white throne judgment. 
uh, it's for all unbelievers. So Revelation 20, 11 through 13. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. And so there's the book of life. And if your name is written in the book of life, you go to heaven. And if it's not, you don't go to heaven. And all of us say, well, I want my name written in the book of life. And the thing is, this is the good news. You can have your name written in the book of life. You can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and your name goes into the book of life. But then there are books, plural, because there are other books that are filled with works. And you're judged at the great white throne judgment by what's written in these books. And this is, if you're an unbeliever, you're going to be judged by what's in these books. These books aren't going to be open for you. Well, they are, but they're going to be open for rewards and for uh, things like that. You see, there are degrees of punishment in hell the same way there are levels of responsibility in heaven. And so let me ask you a question. Because God's a righteous judge, will a believer who is saved but doesn't tithe, doesn't witness, doesn't serve, doesn't really do anything to build the kingdom of God on this earth, will he or she receive the same rewards as the believer who tithes, who loves, who uh, treats other people the way they know that the Lord wants to treat them, who wins people to Christ? Will, uh, will those two people receive the same rewards? And the answer is absolutely not. Because then we wouldn't have a righteous God. You see, he gives to each according to his works. We're saved by grace. And that puts you in the book of life. And you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and receive rewards and responsibilities. Whether you wind up with rewards or responsibilities or not, uh, you'll still go to heaven. This is where Paul talks about, we build upon the foundation of Christ with either gold and uh, gems and precious jewels and things like that, or we build with wood, hay, and stubble. But whenever it comes to judgment time, those things that are temporal are going to disappear. So now, looking at the unbelieving person standing before the great white throne judgment, let's say that he's a good guy. And I mean, he doesn't do all these big, huge, bad, sinful things, but he just obstinately and defiantly says, 
I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. I'm not going to give my life to Jesus. I don't believe in religion. I'm an atheist or an agnostic. I don't, you know, uh, somebody once asked somebody, what's the difference between an atheist and an agnostic? Said, I don't know and I don't care. They got it just right. Just right. And people share the gospel uh, with this guy. And he says, no, I'm a self-made man. Religion's a crutch. I don't need Jesus. And so he's going to go to hell without Christ. But will he receive the, receive the same punishment as Adolf Hitler? No, he's not going to receive the same punishment. Adolf Hitler killed six million Jews. And God's a just God. And Adolf Hitler will be recompensed. He'll be paid for his deeds. That's a just God. Now you might say, well, you mean that the believer just gets off scot-free? How's that just? And uh, I'll tell you how it's just. Because God repaid Jesus Christ for all your sins. Jesus paid the price. He took all that you were owing to God upon himself. And if you're thinking, well, that's not fair... It is fair because you can accept Jesus. It's fair because you can accept him. It's completely just. You can accept Jesus Christ. There's nothing that keeps you from doing that. You have a choice. So there are several places in the Bible where it shows that there are degrees of judgment and torment for those who don't accept Jesus Christ. I don't have time to go through all those, but just look in the Bible and you'll discover that what I'm saying is true. So there are two judgments. And here's the great news is that you get to choose which judgment you attend. You can choose to attend the great white throne judgment, or you can can choose to attend the judgment at the judgment seat of Christ. Where you spend eternity is completely up to you. Now, how you spend eternity is based on your behavior. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. And here's the amazing thing, as we've been talking about now for two weeks, it's a free gift. It's a gift from God. So why would you not accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If there's anyone here today who has not done so, you don't have to walk out of this door today not being saved. Because he says, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's how it happened to me. It happened the moment I just cried out, realizing I couldn't do anything about it. And I just said, Jesus, help me. And there he was. And it's the same with you. The moment you cry on the name of the Lord and his name is Jesus, he will be right there with you. And you will be translated from the kingdom of darkness into a wondrous kingdom of light. And so as we sing our closing hymn today, 
If you haven't received him as your Lord, if you haven't called on his name and you didn't really realize, you thought you got to pick and choose. And now the Lord's kind of put it on your heart. I don't have a choice. This moment is for you. If you'd come as we stand and sing.